From KUAR in Little Rock, I'm Phil Marriage, and this is Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. Now in our 17th year on the air, and still the only program on radio today dedicated to the preservation of comparative generational thought. So let me welcome you to the crossroads of history. Our topic this evening not only comes from the news, it is the news. Sexual harassment. For the last year and now in our daily news, sexual harassment cases have spread openly across the entire nation. Even though it is news, sexual harassment is not new at all. My guests today have experienced and helped many who have faced this life-changing issue. It is up to us and men today that would never assault a woman to speak up and to start believing victims and to start speaking against those that will assault and harass women. Can you tell the good guys from the bad guys? No. No. Mm -mm. I wish. So stay with us this hour as we confront sexual harassment yesterday, today, and tomorrow right here after the news. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Marriage, and this is Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. A few weeks ago, sexual harassment wasn't even in the news. Even though sexual harassment rose to the level of a short news story every now and then, it wasn't on everyone's mind till Harvey Weinstein. Since then, so many well-known and up until then well-respected men have had their other lives exposed to everyone. Hollywood stars, Washington politicians, business icons, and various other men have been outed in a storm of devastating consequence to their lives and our social fabric. But sexual harassment has so many other faces in jobs, education, sports, religions, and so much more. That is our topic today, and my guests for the program are Ms. Monty Johnson. She joined the Arkansas Coalition Against Sexual Assault, or ACASA, as the executive director in August of 2014. Over the past three years, the staff size has grown from one full-time and one part-time employee to six full-time, giving ACASA the opportunity to make a more substantial impact on ending sexual violence in our state. In 2016, Ms. Johnson was presented with the Distinguished Service Award during Crime Victims' Rights Week by the Crime Victims Association of Arkansas for her efforts at ACASA to support victims' rights and her dedicated service to victims of sexual assault. Monty Johnson leads ACASA through a mentoring approach as she leads her staff to grow and learn as they all work together to end violence against all girls and women. Monty, glad to have you here. Thank you. Lindsay Lewis is with us. She is a junior here at UALR working on her B.A. in social work. She is also an intern with ACASA. Lindsay, glad to have you here. Thanks. Michelle Klein, she's the Rape Project Coordinator for the Arkansas Commission on Child Abuse and Domestic Violence. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And Angela McGraw, she is the Executive Director for Women and Children First in Central Arkansas. As an experienced domestic violence advocate for 19 years, she has extensive knowledge of issues related to family and sexual violence. Well, I'm glad to get the introductions out of the way because i got a lot, a lot to talk about here on our program. As I was driving up here to the program on NPR, there was a story that involved Tippi Hedren, Melanie Griffith, her daughter, and Melanie's daughter, Dakota Johnson. All three have experienced sexual assault. It was a very interesting because I'm driving for about an hour coming up here hearing the very same thing that we're going to be talking about here today. Let's begin with sort of a definition of sexual harassment. Connie? Okay. Well, sexual harassment can take a lot of different avenues. It can look different in a lot of different ways. Usually someone may be sexually harassed by jokes 
um, things that people might say when they walk by. We hear a lot of women say that people whistle at them or um, cat call them walking down the street. That's sexual harassment. It can look different in the workplace. It can be anything that makes a woman feel like she has less power and that it has to do with her sexuality, being put down for the way she looks or being put on a pedestal for the way she looks, um, just basically being talked about in a way that has anything to do with her sexuality or the way she looks and how that relates to being at work. As far as college students and schools, we have Title IX. Title IX covers sexual harassment. Back in the day, we know that they initiated the Clary Act because they weren't able to do the same things as the boys as far as athletics and things like that, and so that made schools have to incorporate different types of sports and other things that girls could participate in that would be equivalent to what the boys were being able to participate in. We also know that girls in schools sometimes are sexually harassed in a more physical way, in a more verbal way, by just the way they look or the way they look they walk down the hall and it can be by other students or even as far as teachers and people that are in power over them in the school. Am I leaving anything out? Michelle? I think the key here would be it's an unwanted sexual assault or sexual advance. You said assault, sexual assault there. And one, the first question that came to my mind as I was thinking about this program weeks and weeks ago was where is the line between sexual harassment and sexual assault. When does harassment become assault? Sexual harassment, in a way, is assault. However, if the I think legally you could charge sexual assault if there's contact made. So, for instance, if someone grabs any part of your body, you know, like the breasts or, or your rear end or something like that, you could actually charge sexual assault there. Mm-hmm. I have four ladies here and an audience full of both men and women, and I don't know that I understand the female aspect of sexual harassment versus assault. It seems like there's an awful lot of times when guys are just being stupid and they are saying things that sound harassing sexually, but they're not really trying to assault. They're just being stupid. Lindsay? I think sexual, um, sexual harassment happens all the time, and we don't actually really realize it but it is and those of us who know it is it's happening we were talking about this a little bit ago when we were talking about the difference between unwanted flirting and harassment Mm -hmm. you know and those are actually the same thing really because of the word unwanted but assault that's the when we're talking about physical contact um this is it takes a whole different direction than at that point and um that's something that can be physically felt physically seen and people actually notice that people are more able to say okay I know that that person got hurt Mm -hmm. and so I think because it's defined and they can say oh my gosh yeah that person got hurt that's a sexual assault right there sexual harassment though is like uh, it may or may not have happened I don't know we might that might not been as bad as you think it was it was just a comment you know justifying it years ago I was sitting in a restaurant having breakfast and there was a room full of people And there was this couple a little ways away, and the guy was being very verbally nasty to his wife. And everybody in the place could see that this guy was being a jerk to his wife. 
Is that her sexual harassment or just plain harassment? Lindsay? Well, it depends on what was he saying to her. Because, I mean, that could have been just verbal abuse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, which happens all the time. Or if he was saying things that were sexual to her, like, you know, your breasts are too big in that shirt or, you know, you ha- you're showing too much cleavage. You shouldn't have wore that skirt out here. It's too that short. Kind of stuff. yeah. Yeah. And then not now we've gotten into, we've taken it to the next the next level. We now went to sexual harassment. I am amazed at how much I think we don't talk about this. I have four ladies sitting here, and I would guess probably you all have experienced sexual harassment, right? Mm-hmm. Give us some examples of what you have faced. Let's start with you, Moni. Ooh, that's a... <laughs> you know, the history of this goes way back when you talk about sexual harassment. Even as far back as high school for me, I played basketball. The boys and girls basketball team would travel together on buses, you know, to go to ball games. And on the way back, it would be dark, and some of the boys would cop a feel and try to touch a girl and then laugh it off. And it, it's a game. It was a game that they would all play. And if you tell somebody about it, then you know, the star basketball player could be kicked off the team and then everybody would hate you because you're the one that told that they did something that they didn't mean anything by. And then as far as now, I've known plenty of times where actually I went to a conference and one of the attendees that was with my group came up behind me and put his hands on my shoulders and said, you look so hot in those jeans. It made me really uncomfortable. That's really unnecessary and from that moment on I had built a relationship with this guy to help him in his work from then on I didn't want to be around him because it scared me Mm -hmm. you know it put me in a very awkward position there were other times during my work during those few years that I was working closely with him that I would have to make sure I was never alone in a room with this guy because I didn't know what his intentions were and so I think that a lot of women feel that way, you know, where a man may make an advance and maybe he doesn't mean anything by it. Maybe he does think you look good in your jeans. But the way that that makes us feel is scary. It's a really scary place for us to be in, and we have to figure out a way to make that go away without causing attention to it because then if we cause attention to it, then nobody believes us, and that's the kind of society we live in is where when women come forward and say, this is what someone did to me and this is how it made me feel, People will say to us, oh, that didn't happen, or you're blowing it out of proportion, or it was a misunderstanding, which Mm -hmm. isn't true. I perfectly understood what he did when he grabbed my shoulders and pulled me back towards him and said I looked hot in those jeans. Of course you did, because that's exactly what it meant. Uh, Angela, your experience? I'm not going to give a personal experience, but I was um, actually sharing a little while ago with my colleagues here that my daughter, um, one of my, she's a college student too, for years now since she's been in high school, since she started driving actually, has been sexually harassed at the gas station all the time. Um, to the point where when she's went in to pay for gas inside the gas station, um, she'll put, you know, $20 in there. She'll go outside. Guys will harass her out there and um, asking for her number, flirting with her, um, harassing her, um, to the point where they just won't leave her, leave her alone. She'll be ignoring them. Um, so, I mean, she'll be vividly be like, 
not wanting to talk to him, faking that she's on the phone because she doesn't want to talk to them, and um, but they won't leave her alone. So she'll stop pumping gas in her car, leave money on the gas thing there, and then get in her car and leave because she's so she's so scared um, to continue to um, put gas in her vehicle. And it's even gotten to the point now to where she won't even pump gas in her vehicle. I mean, she will actually find somebody else that will come and put gas in her vehicle for her. I mean, to me, that's just ridiculous. And it happens every time. So, I mean, we have that that type of society that the girls even get harassed at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Michelle Klein, your thoughts? Mine started back in high school as well. I actually had a teacher who would come and help me at my table and put his hand on my shoulder and then a little lower as if it was an accident. And I had several occasions um, during high school when the typical they would grab a part of my body you know just just the boys in the Mm -hmm. hall and then there's always been the little remarks anywhere you are along with that I've had uh, several occasions where they will get men will get too close to me and actually touch me even in the line at Cheesecake Factory (laughs) even though I turn around and give them a very strong look that you need to back (laughs) up they will continue to press forward and you have to say something we're talking about sexual harassment here on yesterday today and tomorrow we'll be right back after this short break i'm phil marriage and this is yesterday today and tomorrow here on kuar my guests and i are discussing the various issues around sexual harassment comparing the generational attitudes my guests are angela mcgraw monty johnson lindsey lewis and michelle klein Lindsay uh, Lewis, you're our young, youngest person here. What are you, are you hearing from them that sounds familiar or different? I could definitely refer most to Miss Angela's daughter. Gas stations, Walmart, anything like that, walking in somewhere. Publicly, it's just not a good idea. It's not fun, actually. Um, my mom actually told me that I cannot go to any gas stations, <laughs> which is very sad, after 8 o'clock by myself. It is horrible here in Little Rock. I mean, it happened to me in Dumas, and that's where I'm from, but Little Rock, it's actually... A lot worse up here. So mom's giving me mace to put on my keys. It's pretty bad. I mean, pretty sure she's scared all the time that I'm up here. But like she said, it goes from, I mean, pulling up beside my car and asking for my number, whistling at me, hauling across the parking lot, you know, that I look good or, you know, he wants to talk to me, anything like that. I mean, there's so many You know, it things. almost seems like it's counterproductive for guys if they want to get to know a girl to be that way. There, there's got to be a better way for guys to approach a, a female than to harass them like you guys have talked about. But it sounds like it's rampant. You think? Right. It's almost like they, th- <laughs> I mean, it's almost like they think it's cute, mm-hmm. you know, or it, that it's supposed to get our attention or make us feel better about ourselves, but it actually does the opposite. You've you told me this, but then you've also said, I think you said it, Amani, that you're afraid to say anything to anybody about it in your different situations. You can't go into the store and say, this guy's harassing me or at the gas station. Is there no way for women to defend themselves from this sort of stuff? Well, when we start talking about this, we talk about something called rape culture, and that is just the way that society perceives sexual harassment sexual assault and rape in our culture. For a long time, we've lived in a society that blames the victim. The victim generally are women, although there are other people that are victims that are not women. When you live in a society like that, you have to figure out a way to survive. 
So when you know and you see with your eyes and you hear on the news the way that the women that come forward that have been harassed, assaulted, or raped are treated once they tell their experience, it really makes me as a person, not in the work I'm that I do because I am a little bit more outspoken than your average woman is. But what we see is that women tend to want to just keep it to themselves, to minimize it because of the way that society views them once they tell what's happened to them. If you'll remember when all the women came forward about Bill Cosby and what he did them, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those women were dragged through the mud, trashed. Um, I can remember people saying in front of me they're only doing it because they want money and my view is why would anybody come forward and say something like that when they know the way society is going to treat them once they tell what happened you may not be ready to go here yet but you know what we're seeing right now with the hashtag me too movement with the Harvey Weinstein all the women coming forward we're really seeing a lot of women becoming empowered to say, this happened to me, and I'm not going to take it anymore. And once more women begin to tell their experiences, it creates a movement among the people that have been victim of, victims of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and rape. And we feel like we can tell what's happened to us because we are believed because there can't be that many liars. Lindsay? That's definitely the way I felt like defending myself the most was having a voice and telling my story to not only women but men too and letting everybody know that it is okay to stand up and tell what happened to you even if it ends in the way you want it to or not like as you know him getting in trouble or him not getting in trouble you know to me I still felt 10 times better and I still feel like I defended myself. Are you at all in a catch-22? I guess you know use that phrase well you do or you don't it's like, should I or shouldn't I? Is that what it is, uh, Angela? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, we work really closely with the criminal justice system, but um, I'm just going to be really honest. There's uh, many times that when you're in a situation, I mean, again, let's go to sexual harassment. I mean, who, we can't see it. I mean, a lot of times you can't prove it. Um, so who, how are you going to arrest a person? How are you going to, you know, how are you going to convict them? There's no evidence. There's nothing there. Sexual assault, maybe a little bit more there, but then the victim has to be willing to um, come forward, and there has to be, you know, still evidence. Um, a lot of times, and rape is the same thing. And so then we get to the criminal justice system, which is a lot of times very difficult for a victim, and especially in sexual violence. The statistics are horrific when it comes to the criminal conviction rates uh, of getting convictions on the perpetrators of this crime. And so, yeah, it's a big deal um, when it comes to victims actually coming forward and doing anything. Then nobody believes them, I mean, not even the criminal justice system. That's what it feels like. Angela mentioned some statistics. So we know for rape, only two perpetrators out of 100 will ever spend one night in jail. So when you're talking hundred, two yes. out of a hundred. Yes. Ugh. So when you're talking about sexual harassment, you can't even speak to those statistics because they're so small. I mean, most sexual harassment charges will never go anywhere because it's he said, she said. You know, it's somebody's word against someone else's word, and then that's when we see the power play 
of who's in a better position to have more authority to be able to do what they want to do. And so that's a whole other can of worms. Well, and that's probably one of the worms we need to talk about is how men assume they have the power or the money or the position to exert over any female or all females for that matter. What gives guys the sense that they can use their power to do that? It seems like it's been that way forever, though. It's historical. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's historical. We know that, you know, in wars, you hear about war rape. Well, Mm -hmm. that's a way that soldiers have power over the other people. Just a couple of days ago, so, they had a story about the Japanese comfort women mm-hmm. in in the, in that era time. Women being used as objects that way, and other other cultures, it seems like it crosses every culture. Bonnie, we know in many cultures that the women are mutilated. There's genital mutilation, and that the power of the men to be able to do that. I mean, it's all over the world. We this is generational, and it's historical. It's been this way as far back as you can remember that men have power over women. I'm the oldest one here, obviously, and a guy. I can say from my experience, when I was young, this was not at all talked about or even didn't come into any way of even knowing about it. It might have been in the church where the Sunday school superintendent had some something going on with some woman in the church or something like that, or at schools, but it was not at all on anybody's thinking process was never in the news sexual assault like this or harassment i never heard about it at all when i was young but i don't think that the guys were as bad then i maybe it's just the way i was brought up but we weren't allowed to be that way with women all my life long it's been a case where you you were taught respect i told my kids that and i kind of thought that that's what was happening elsewhere in our society but apparently not i would have to disagree with you because i have had people confide in me things that happened to them when they were young girls who probably are older than you whose brother-in-law or brother or whomever neighbor yes neighbor did assault them but they were scared to tell anyone because they didn't feel like they would be believed or they didn't know how to talk to adults about things like that because we did not educate kids. There was no sex education. So a lot of people didn't understand what was happening to them. In fact, I've had one person tell me about something that happened to her and she didn't know that what it was until she was an adult. And then she didn't want to ruin everyone else's lives by telling what happened to her. And so it's been something that was stuffed down. If you're a young person, uh, Lindsay's too young for this kind of a thing, but if, if you were her age and something happened to her, do you forget it? Do you hide it? Because I've, I've heard people say that something happened, but I don't know what it was. Angela? It's a very shameful situation. The victims often blame themselves, and so I do hear a lot. They will say, you know, I just kept my mouth shut and tried to forget it, and I think that that happens still today, but maybe, maybe Maybe in the past it might have helped happen more because, like you said, people just weren't talking about it. And and to your point of the, um, you didn't feel like it happened in your generation because you were taught to respect women and, and that maybe folks these days aren't. I don't think that's true. What I think is true is that most men don't harass and assault women, but there are men who do this. It is up to us and men today 
that would never assault a woman to speak up and to start believing victims and to start speaking against those that will uh, assault and harass women. Can you tell the good guys from the bad guys? No. No. I wish. (laughs) Not until they do something. No, they look just like everyone else. And just to throw the statistic out there, we know that 98% of all the sexual assaults are committed by 6% of the male population. So most males don't sexually assault women. Now, I have to say that the sexual harassment statistic is probably much higher than that. Yeah. Um, And I think that some men don't understand that it is making someone uncomfortable. They don't mean to push that line, but they do. But there's other men that it's a game to them. And they that's right. They feel like it's okay because I'm not really hurting anyone. I'm not touching her. I'm not. It's just locker room talk, right? Or even if they are touching somebody. I mean, I remember when I was working with young, young, young boys and young, well, just teenagers, in the slapping of the bat in the in the mm-hmm. schools and the hallways and the giggling and stuff like you know the stuff like that. And I tell people all the time when I'm doing training and everything, there's these labels that happen with young people and it happens with adults too, but labels with young people particularly. And so if the girls don't laugh and giggle um when they get their butt, you know, slapped or whatever, what's the label that they get? Well, they're called, you know, a bee or stuck up or, you know, mm-hmm. right. They they get those labels. But then they giggle and they laugh about it. Then what are they called? Mm-hmm. Sluts, easy, all of that. So, I mean, and their brains are not developed enough to realize right away that I'm going to get a label either way. So let me get the label that I deserve and I want, the one that I want. And that means I don't want to get slapped on the butt. And so I'm going to probably be called a bee today. And that's okay because that's what I, I don't want nobody slapping me on the butt. But we have to teach people to do that. We have to teach our kids, our young people that. Well, how do we do that? I think that I have, don't think we've educated enough people on going out and doing that. Don't you think it's kind of funny that this is the year 2017? And I just heard, I guess it was last week, might have been early of this week, that the Congress is now considering having sexual harassment education. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. really? 2017, we're just now getting around to that? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if our legislators would be willing to do that in Arkansas. Well, it sounds like they all need to. Mm-hmm. But would they be willing? Do they think it's necessary? I think it's necessary. Well, in the in the case of what we were hearing in Alabama, apparently, and other not just Alabama, but other parts of the country, there are different mores, I guess you'd say, that are that people tend to think this is their heritage, this is the way it is, it's okay, uh, and maybe they don't feel like they need to be educated that way. That's true. I agree with that. I think they need to be educated whether they think they need it or not. I think that those of us that are in positions where we've studied this and we understand how to train should be the people that are called on to do that sort of training for them. Well, tell me if I'm wrong here, because I'm not a girl, so I don't know. But if I was uh, your age, Lindsay, or younger, and somebody did something that to me, if I just all of a sudden said, I'm not going to take this anymore, and I go right to the principal or I go right to whoever and put up a stink about it and don't stop, 
wouldn't that eventually begin to, and, and if all the women your age, young ladies your age, couldn't you, your generation change this by saying this is the line and by dang we're not going to go ab- above it and you guys are just going to have to learn a different way? Definitely, definitely. I think the more of us that get together and stand up and have a voice and say something about it and say this isn't going to happen anymore, yeah, for sure. I definitely think there will be a huge change in how often – Unfortunately, this even comes up and how well, much we, you hear about it. Are we seeing are we seeing the the beginnings of a change, Michelle? Yeah, I think I think I so. so. I mean, we we were talking about that. I mean, this is definitely just the last few weeks we're hearing about it. Even since Bill Cosby, which was a awful example because that did not go the way it needed to go, in my opinion. We've taken a different turn this time around, and so I mean, I I think that it's bringing light to it and that we're, we're taking a different stance on it at this point. Um, but we got to keep going forward and we got to make a strong stance at this point. We can't stop. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the end result will be on this. Will it be just hushed up and being thrown up underneath the rug at some point or another? Will we be tired of the, the subject? That's what concerns me because it can't just be quieted. Um, it's happening. Bonnie? Yeah, I think the key is not to put all the onus on the on the women to speak up and keep speaking up. Yep. I think that's great. I am so proud of these women who are doing this now and have the courage to do it. What I think we need to encourage are the other folks who are speaking up for them and believing them. All of that, you know, I hate to say it, but I was a little surprised when uh, many of the senators and um, representatives came out and said, you need to drop out of the race more I, and believed all the victims. Yeah. I think that says something about right now that I was shocked that they said that we need to encourage them and encourage that behavior more. We were only going to prevent it if we change society's views on sexual assault, if we change rape culture ideas and if we encourage the folks who are not committing these crimes to stand up and say, this is not right, not just the people who have been assaulted saying, this is not right and I'm not going to take it anymore, but people standing along with them and saying, you know, it's a movement mm-hmm. and you need allies in your movement. Let me take you back to that example I mentioned about the, the restaurant. Okay, I was in that restaurant. I heard all that was going on. He may have, I don't really think he, he said anything sexual about her. I think what you're saying is the rest of us in the restaurant should have said, hey, bud. Yes. But we didn't. None of us did. It's a hard thing to do. It is. It takes courage to do that. I think many times people, we call them bystanders, that don't speak up are because they don't feel like they have the skills, don't know what to say. And sometimes it downright could be dangerous. Yes. You know. And so I I think it's just consider this before you get in that situation as the public. Consider it what you would do and think through it and get yourself some skills if you need it. Get yourself some education if you need it. Be prepared if that happens. And some people are just more assertive than others. I I know my oldest daughter would have been all up on in his face. Uh, My youngest, maybe not so much. But I think if everyone begins considering this and considering how they could be supportive allies and bystanders mm-hmm. i think we'd start seeing some we need to back these women up but we also need to back up the allies 
And what we need to happen are when a group of men, someone in the group tells a raunchy joke that puts women down, then the other men need to go, dude, we're not doing that. That's called bystander intervention. When you walk away from situations where you have a group of people doing things that aren't right because you won't support that anymore. And we need more people willing to do that, to not just stand in the crowd and be invisible when that's going on. You're listening to Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow here on KUAR, talking about the generational perspectives on sexual harassment. My guests are Angela McGraw, Monty Johnson, Lindsay Lewis, and Michelle Klein. It's time for our last break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Phil Marriage, and this is Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow here on KUAR. My guests and I are discussing the various issues around sexual harassment, comparing the generational attitudes. My guests are Angela McGraw, Monty Johnson, Lindsay Lewis, and Michelle Klein. Locker room talk. Because locker room talk's okay. Yes, It doesn't mean anything. Workplace jokes are, (laughs) workplace joking is okay, Uh, locker room talk, boys will be boys. Right. I hate that. I hate that. Oh, really? Why? Why Because really it's like (laughs) boys will be boys, but girls better not show their boobs, and they better not drink at a party, and they better not walk home alone. They better not wear makeup on. They better not wear a miniskirt, because if so, it's going to be your fault. And boys will be boys, because, you know, they're just boys. Because they they can't can't control themselves. They can't drink alcohol, because drinking alcohol will make them... Um, a little looser, and so then it's their fault if they end up getting raped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and boys will be boys. I think that should be insulting to boys and men. I would think so, right. too. Because it, it means lowers you, you no that you're just an animal. Right. right. That should be right. insulting. Well, uh, you can substitute the word for boys will be boys for it's their excuse. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And excuse can be taken even further in a legal sense. It's their defense. Yeah, right. And then if it's their defense, then they get away with it, and it keeps on going. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound very good for the future, to be honest with you. Yeah. Hearing what you guys are talking about, I know that what the education has to come that way, but uh, what is the future? Do you think uh, it's going to change? You really? I think there's hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like when I joined the coalition that one of the things I went in saying then, which was only three and a half years ago, I felt like we were on the edge, like we were sitting on a precipice and it was just going to take a couple of more things to push that over the edge so that this would be something that we would start talking about because it's safer to not talk about it. This is the one thing about sexual harassment, sexual assault, and rape that we know. People are uncomfortable talking about it because if you start talking about it, you have to admit that it happens. When you start admitting that it happens, then it happened to someone you know or it happened to you. And then if you start talking about that, then people are going to see things that happen to you that you might feel shame and embarrassment about because that's the way society perceives that. And I feel like we've tumbled over that edge now. People are talking about this. And the thing that we need to keep doing is to keep talking about it, to keep talking about it when we go to our book clubs, to talk about it when we're out with friends having, you know, our 
drinks on Friday night, making this something that is something that concerns us, like we talk about politics. Let's talk about sexual harassment and sexual assault and rape. Let's make that a conversation. And then when we can make it a conversation, then people will start doing something about it. And when something's done about it, then we can end this. And that's what we want to do at the coalition is end Mm -hmm. this. How important is memory in this? And by that, I mean keeping it in people's minds, keeping their their memory active about it. Uh, You mentioned Cosby earlier on when we were talking. Well, if I sat here and tried to think retroactively in the cases that came up, they also diminish and they they fade away. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is this, well, you make it sound like this might be a real change in the offing right now, but are you fearful at all that this will just be one more thing that will slide to the back? No, I think it's been building. I think it's, uh, I think it's a, I, I'm like Monty. I think that it's, we've passed a, a certain threshold and, and. Um, well, I thought it was interesting when I mentioned Weinstein in the beginning, and then every day it seems like there's another one yeah. who's, who's nailed on this. And then today it was Al Franken, Senator Al Franken, right. who was uh, mm-hmm. uh, brought to, to bear on this. And you wondered, okay, who's tomorrow? Right. I bet a lot of men are wondering Am I tomorrow? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it does diminish, like you said. People tend to forget, you know, about things that go on until something else comes up on the news. But for the survivors who have experienced, and, you know, I do want to say survivors, not victims. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we don't forget. Those women, men, they're not going to forget. So I don't think the situation as a whole is ever going to be forgotten or not brought up, you know. Well, what's the right, the proper punishment or result for these guys? What should we do with these guys that are doing that? I mean, do you hear about more not possibly dropping out or maybe uh, Franken maybe having to face resigning, all these kinds of things. Uh, and then if there's another one tomorrow and three or four to the next day or so on down the line, um, what do we do with these guys? Uh, they need to be held accountable. That's right. Bottom line. And, and so many times they, don't, they are not held accountable. Now, does that mean prison time? Yeah, maybe prison time means a lot more than just prison time. Being fired from jobs, them, them losing their status, their status. You know that power, that role that they have in society. You know, but accountability, bottom line, that's what needs to happen. We need to show survivors that we believe them and that they're being the perpetrators being held accountable. Don't you often see, though, that the, there are people who will defend them? If you have a person of power that's doing this, mm-hmm. then other people of power tend to, I think, except as you mentioned that this, there some politicians now are beginning to speak, but it seemed like in the past they would just, it was a, a buddy system and they really let their power. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's changing. I think that that is one of the key things that as more and more of the peers in the Folks who are all also in power come out against this and believe and just say, you can't do this. Then I think that's something that I think there's a momentum to it is what I'm, you know, trying to say. And, you know, since we're doing the yesterday, today and tomorrow, I am encouraged because I was just thinking back when you do remember the movie Accused with Jodie Foster. It's a it, she was a woman who was gang raped in yeah, a bar full yeah, of right, patrons, yeah. you know. And I don't think that that trial 
would look the same or that those people in that bar would say the same things today. I think we have come a little, you know, a little ways. And the Anita Hill situation with um, Clarence, Clarence Thomas, Thomas yeah. I, I don't think that would go the same today either. So I am encouraged, and I think there isn't a momentum. And, and like I said, the more people who stand up in those positions of power, I think will will continue the momentum. I also wanted to bring up something from earlier, too. What we see a lot of times from survivors is that and it is something that can be happening right now as well. In fact, I actually believe that's what's happening, too. Um, is a lot of times when you have somebody that you know um, that is using their voice, they're sharing something that's happened to them, particularly rape um, or sexual assault, the sexual harassment that's happened. Um, so they've used their voice. Um, it gives them an avenue then to start sharing their own voice then. Um, I, I see this a lot with family members when I'm doing counseling with them. Um, we were talking a little bit ago um, about that, but a grandmother who brings in their child to come in if, to counseling and um, they're coming in for sexual assault that happened to the, the grandchild, but then grandmother sits there and I'm doing counseling to the grandmother for something that happened to her years and years ago. I'm not even concentrating on the little kid that's sitting there um, because grandma's having to deal with the grief of what she's doing um, now being exposed to because she never dealt with it all those years ago. Um, I mean, I think that that's kind of what's happening as well here too. Mm-hmm. You know, that it doesn't go away. It's been built up. It's been in there. They've just um, tucked it away all these years. And um, it poisons it's a toxic um um thing to our bodies and it has to be released at some point or another and so i think that that's what's happening um is that we have all of these people that's coming forward now and it's releasing this toxic um, environment and that now hopefully we can clean this up and we can get these people healed will social media help and if it does how um, well, I certainly believe that it can it can help or it can hurt. Um, I think it can do both. Me Too comes to mind. Yeah, absolutely. The Me Too campaign. Absolutely. Yeah. There's actually going to be a Me Too rally on January the 13th at the Capitol from 11 till 2. So that's come out of that hashtag Me Too, which started. And that, it. I mean, that's pretty powerful to me absolutely. because that happened overnight someone decided she was going to hashtag me too and then it exploded and so that shows you the power of social media that it can band people together all over not just all over a state or the country but also in the whole world yeah that people can all get together that speak different languages but they can all understand that they have this one thing in common and that's what's happened with that with time and change if we get to the point where women have really been able to change this and powers have moved more into the female end of it because you're taking positions in of power in industry or in in work or politics any chance uh, women could be sexually harassing of men i think women already are we are women already are How, how are you The same way that men sexually harass women. I mean, it's just, I've even caught myself a few times say things that I know I shouldn't have said. But the one thing that's different about me is I stop and I reevaluate what was said. And I I back up and say, 
I'm sorry I said that. I shouldn't have done that. Well, give me some examples of how a female can sexually harass a guy. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sure I've done this. I mean, I know there's probably been once, maybe once or twice where, you know, I'm walking across campus and I see a cute boy and I'm like, ooh, hey, honey, you are cute, you know. But then, like Monty said, I'm self-aware of what I'm doing, you know, and I don't ever cross a line, you know, to where I feel like I would make him uncomfortable, which I don't know, not saying it's like this for all guys, but I feel like guys are more accepting of comments and stuff like that more well, than it's probably because they don't are. hear them very often. <laughs> well, but, but I think I think that they do. Um, but it's just like the whole um, um, shoe. Let's just say the shoe. Um, the comments that are made about how big the shoe is is also how large the um, the mm-hmm. um, genital area of the man is, and that is a that is a comment that women make to men all the time. Interestingly enough, I took my sons into the doctor appointment, and their doctor is a was a male doctor, and the doctor made a comment to me about your boys have um, uh, large feet. Um, what kind of comment is that, you know, to a mom, you know? Um, but I know that I've been in conversations with people before, and, you know, you just laugh that off, you know, as being just like, that's sexual harassment, though. Yes. That's sexual harassment. And whether you want to be funny about it or not, I have worked with young boys before where they've been groped in school and those types of things have happened. And the boys say, we can't say anything because if we do say something, we're called gay, we're called weak. You know, weak. And so we can't do anything about it, so we just don't say anything about it. Well, another thing that I've always thought should be touched on is just like people don't really know the definition of sexual harassment and sexual assault. Like, most women don't know that it's actually sexual harassment when it's going on, you know. I also think that a lot of men, and I I mean, I guess women too, don't understand, I don't want to say the different definitions, but the different ways for a woman to say no. I mean, I think we were talking about this Mm -hmm. earlier. Um, You know, Monty said, I think it should be enough just rolling my eyes and walking away. That's a no, I don't, and I definitely believe in that. I don't think that we should have to verbally scream or say no. You know, I think completely taking yourself out of the equation and leaving the situation should be just enough no as saying no, you know. And I don't think a lot of people understand that either. But Would it be um, helpful for females who are facing a, a rude guy like that to say to somebody nearby, would you help me out here or you know, trying to enlist some help when they're faced like that? Or? I think we should be able to do that. I think anyone should be able to do that. Um, will they is the question. Will they? Well, like yeah, and will they help you? I I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm optimistic. I really believe that if I was somewhere and someone was bothering me and I went up to another woman or someone I felt safe around and said, you know, this person is really bothering me, that they would they would be there for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty optimistic about that. And I think that maybe that's an option that we have that we just haven't explored very much. Mm-hmm. Okay, how, how can people get some more information? Is there any websites or anything like that for people to uh, go to? Well, if they want to... Um, learn more about what ACASA is doing, they can go to www.acasa.us and we have online trainings. We have um, our calendar events are online. 
Um, we also has, have a Facebook page. It's ACASA. You can just look up Arkansas Coalition Against Sexual Assault for our Facebook page. Um, Is there like a hotline number or anything like that, too? We use the RAIN hotline number, mm-hmm. so that's a national hotline. But if someone um, has been sexually assaulted or raped and they need to reach out and find um, a crisis center close to them, they can call the RAIN hotline, and they will um, put them in touch with the crisis center nearest to them. There's also the Arkansas Coalition Against Domestic Violence has a website, and they have um, all of their shelters are listed on that website, so if people need to get in touch with any of those programs, they can find those pretty easily. Um, and so, um, and we're Women and Children First also, our phone number is 501-376-3219. Um, we also have um, a sexual assault advocate that's at our um, shelter and in our program, um, so that, uh, and she has a hotline that we have connected to her as well, so we can provide the services that are necessary, um, whether that's through the court system or why they're at the hospital or just needing counseling, support groups, those types of things. We provide all of that, and that's here in Central Arkansas. Um, so if your listeners are in this area and they're needing that help, that's our contact information. Um, we do have a website, um, which is wcfarkansas.org. And um, they can find all of our other contact information off of there. Mm-hmm. The coalition is also sponsoring a play that will be put on at Robinson Ron Robinson Theater on January the 27th at 7 p.m. It is called I Am Emily Doe. Um, a student at Henderson State University wrote the play, and the students will be coming from that university to perform this play. Um, it I saw this when they were doing it um, on their campus, and it is really, really good. And it touches all aspects of sexual assault. It really goes through the um, facts about sexual assault and sexual harassment and rape um, very well. I was really impressed with it, and so I pleaded and begged with them to come and do that for us here in Little Rock, and it's a fundraising event for ACASA. Is it one night? It's one night, and we're really, really, really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really good. You can reach the Commission on Child Abuse, Rape, and Domestic Violence at 501-661-7975. Okay. Now, on our website through KUAR, where I post our programs, I'll have the all these different uh, phone numbers and websites posted right there, too, folks. If you're interested in it, you can just go to KUAR.org. You click to, on Programs, go all the way to the end, because yesterday, today, and tomorrow starts with a Y, so it's very all at the end. And you'll find the site there. You you can listen to the program, and you can also um, share it with other people and uh, get these uh, websites and phone numbers. We've been talking about sexual harassment here today on Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, and I do want to thank all my guests for being with me here today. Uh, Angela McGraw, thanks for being with me. Thank you. Monty Johnson. You're welcome. And Lindsay Lewis. You're welcome. And Michelle Klein. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It was an interesting topic to think about doing because um, nobody talks about it. But with all this coming along, when I first heard the Weinstein thing, I thought, we have to do this program. And in 17 years on the air, we've never talked about sexual harassment. Wow. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow is a production of KUAR in partnership with the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. You can find us online and send your comments to yttkuar.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month.